If God only looks at faith when he grants his righteousness to believers, what good are the good things that we do? We'll dig into this today on The Bible Brief. Did you know that Jesus had siblings? Well, half-siblings to be more precise. While Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit to Mary, his half-siblings were children of Mary and Joseph. These brothers and sisters of Jesus grew up with him and appear at least a few times in the gospel accounts of Jesus' ministry. We even find out that they are doubtful of Jesus' claims to be the Messiah and the Son of God. And yet, by the time we're in the book of Acts, chapter 15, years after Jesus resurrected from the grave and ascended into heaven, we see one of Jesus' siblings as a leader in the early church. This was one of Jesus' brothers, and his name was James. Now, it's difficult to piece together a history of James from the various books of the New Testament, but from the evidence, it appears to be true that Jesus appeared to James after he resurrected from the grave. And it's reasonable to think that this appearance took James from being in the doubter camp to the believer camp in short order. And so James becomes a zealous believer and a leader over time in the early church. And in Acts 15, we see James as the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And he's addressing a council of church leaders who are discussing the issue of Gentiles coming to faith in Jesus. Some are pushing back on the idea that Gentiles could be believers without following the law, that law that God gave to the Israelite nation, while others are saying that it's unnecessary for the Gentiles to follow the law. Well, after hearing the testimony of Paul and Peter, especially Peter's experience in Cornelius' household when the Holy Spirit came upon that Gentile group, and after consulting with the Old Testament scriptures, James, the brother of Jesus, makes a statement confirming the Gentile inclusion in the church and rejecting the idea that Gentiles need to follow the law. And he ends his address to this council by saying, But we believe that we Jews are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they, the Gentiles, are. James, Jesus' brother and the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was one of the early authorities in the church, along with the apostles. While the apostles were going from city to city in the Roman Empire, establishing churches, people like James were leading the churches as stationary leaders, rather than traveling around like missionaries as the apostles did. Well, with that background on James, we're going to take a look at the book of James today. The book in the Bible authored by God and written by James to encourage believers in the early church. And we're going to focus on specific portions of this book to help us understand the role of good works in the life of a believer. We'll also pepper in some commentary from other New Testament books. Okay, so let's read a portion of James' letter to the church at large. But just a bit of context first. James is addressing an idea that appears to have popped up in the church that said mere belief is the mark of a Christian life. That agreeing intellectually with a set of facts about Jesus and yourself was enough to show faith. That good works were something separate from faith. Well, let's listen to what James says to this idea. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, well, what good is that? So also faith by itself, 
if it does not have works, is dead. Okay, so catch his example before we move on. He says that merely saying something is not the same as action. Saying, be warm and filled, to a fellow Christian does no good for them if you have the means to actually help them eat. Saying, be warm and filled, is useless. You should say that and help them. And he says the same thing about faith. Merely saying is not the same as acting on your faith. Faith without action is dead faith. Okay, let's keep going. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Now, here he underlines his prior point about saying you have faith. He says that demons, Satan's partners in rebellion against God, even demons believe, but they aren't saved by God. We need to pay attention here to how James is using the term faith. He's using it in a different way than Paul usually uses it in his letters. James makes a differentiation between faith that is essentially believing facts about God and faith expressed as trusting in God. The demons believe things about God, but they don't trust God. James is saying that there are some people who are similar. They believe things about God, but they don't actually reflect those beliefs with trusting God in their actions. Okay, let's move on. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. James mentions a figure that we're very familiar with up to this point in the show. He mentions Abraham, the prime example of faith in the Bible. But he says something rather peculiar about Abraham. He says that Abraham was declared righteous by his works especially mentioning the episode of offering Isaac up as a sacrifice to God. This is odd indeed, especially quoting that verse that we've come to know, that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Well, we'll miss something if we don't remember James' theme here. Mere intellectual belief is nothing. Actual trust in God, real faith, true faith is something different. It certainly has the intellectual belief component, but it also has a quality that comes along with it. The faith of a person that God declares righteous is a faith that produces good things, good works. In a sense, the genuineness of trusting in God, the genuineness of true faith, is proved out in the actions of a person. Our clue in the passage is when James says Abraham's faith was completed by his works. The idea being that Abraham's faith was proved out, shown to be true, assured not to be merely intellectual belief. Let's think about it with an example. Suppose the richest person in the world says to you, I'll give you a million dollars if you jump once. And you say to that person, yeah, okay, I believe you. And then you just stand there. Well, believing what he said has done you no good you didn't actually act on the belief and 
odds are, given the stakes involved of a million dollars, that you don't actually truly trust what the person said. Because if you actually did trust what he said, you'd be jumping. True faith would jump. Let's try another example of what true faith looks like. You're hanging off the side of a cliff with no ropes to hold you and your hands are sweating. And a man reaches over the side of the cliff and says, Take my hand, I can save you. Merely intellectually believing that if you took his hand, he could save you, does nothing for you. You have to actually take his hand. Taking his hand actually proves out that you believed he could save you, just like he said. This is why James can say this final sentence in this section of his letter. He says this, You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Paraphrase, he's saying this, You understand now that a person is declared righteous when they act according to true faith in God. Now maybe that threw you for a loop, so let me clarify one more time. In this big section, James is simply saying this, True faith is found to be different than merely intellectual faith by the actions it produces. Intellectual faith produces nothing, and it's useless. True faith produces actions according to that true faith. In a sense, good works prove out the underlying true faith. Abraham was truly declared righteous by God when he simply and only believed God. And this was many, many years before he offered up Isaac. And yet, we can also say with James here that we know Abraham's faith was genuine because of his willingness to offer up Isaac. Abraham's faith stood up to the test of genuineness. Listen to what another writer in the New Testament says about it. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And Abraham, who had received the promises, was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac your offspring shall be named. He considered that God was even able to raise Isaac from the dead. Abraham's faith in God passed the test. It proved that his faith was really true faith. Instead of withholding his son from God, he believed that God could resurrect his son. By faith, he knew that God was good for his promises, and so he simply expressed obedience to God, knowing that God would somehow work out his promises to Abraham. That is faith, believing what God has said and acting accordingly. And you know what? The Apostle Paul says in his letter to the church in Ephesus something for us with regard to this too. Listen to this. I'm going to start off in this passage where we left off in the prior episode. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Said another way, true believers are saved by God's grace through true faith, not through works. And they are a work of God, a new creation made by God for good works that he's prepared for believers to do. And by faith, we do the works that God has prepared. James and Paul agree that by God's grace, people are saved through true faith. Paul simply focuses on the fact that we can't deserve salvation by our own good works. 
And James is focusing on the fact that true faith is proved out by good works. It turns out that when someone has true faith, it's always a two-in-one proposition. Faith always comes with good works. Because God himself is working in the believer by the Holy Spirit to do those good works that he's prepared for us to do. Now, I know many of our listeners are going to have different reactions to this episode, and so I want to address a few potential reactions because understanding this is important. If you're already a Christian and you find yourself looking around and trying to understand whether someone else is actually a Christian or not, then it's worth knowing this. Judging the works that God is doing in and through someone else is not something we're really qualified to do. Even Abraham wasn't perfect after he was declared righteous by God. He had his good moments and his bad moments. Rather than to judge the faith of others, these passages are meant to help you diagnose your own faith. Now, if you're someone who's looking to understand if you're actually a Christian, this diagnostic should help you. This episode gives you some good questions to ask yourself and to ask God. Do I believe in Jesus? Is God producing new attitudes, actions, and affections in my life? Do I find myself wanting to please God and obey Him? Am I looking for ways to honor and glorify God with my life? Do I see a trend in my life toward living a more God-honoring life internally and externally? Being able to answer the above questions will help you understand your status. Finally, if you're someone who knows you're not a believer— or you aren't sure at all, it's time to make your status sure. True faith is believing in Jesus, trusting and clinging to him so that his righteousness covers your unrighteousness. You can believe right now and make sure you're part of God's declared righteous family. And then you can watch God work in your life as you begin to seek to honor and glorify him by your actions. True faith will blossom into good works empowered by the Holy Spirit that dwells in all believers. Join us next time as we review the New Testament so far, before we move on to a few episodes on what the Bible says about the future. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Are you enjoying the podcast? One of the best ways for the show to grow is for you to share it with a friend. Will you do that today? We'd love to help more people understand the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022